0: Good. You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and today I have a fantastic episode. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. But first, before I get to that, I want you to follow me for a second, okay? So you're in New Kensington, PA, Northern Pittsburgh, right? You are going to see the biggest band out right now that is from your hometown. They're on tour with Corn. I'm talking about Code Orange, right? They have an off day. They decide to book a smaller show. They show up in their hometown, and they put on this fucking bonkers, packed room, crazy-ass show. And the band that's opening for them that night is a band called Face Rec, Right? And the band called Face Wreck is named after a song called Face Wreck, and they play that song that night. It's a cover of a band called No Retreat, and the singer of that band decides to show up and sing it with them. That singer is Frank Pointec. The band is No Retreat, and I've got him on the show today. I'm so excited to talk about this because, I mean, No Retreat beat down legends, right? no retreat built upon frustration who was playing beat down in pittsburgh before these guys Because I don't know, so if you do, you tell me. Otherwise, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they were the first ones to do it, right? So I don't have too much preamble to get into on this show. You should be excited. you got to listen to the whole thing. There's tons of cool information. Frank is back, and that's really all I have to say. I'm going to get into the interview, but before I get into it, I'm going to play a No Retreat song. This song is No Retreat with Face (laughs) Wreck. good. You are on Wasted Radio. It's me, Matt. I'm here with Frank from No Retreat. What's going on, Frank? Not much. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really do appreciate this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And and I just want to shout out Andy Ward real quick for uh, hooking us up. Yep. Um, big ups to Andy. I'm holding in my hand, uh, Rise of the Underdogs. Yeah, the the legendary 1999 (laughs) album no really the legendary album this is uh the this album is seminal in pa hardcore and i think that you know i i don't know if there's much that i can say to actually do it justice um what i wanted to do kind of get into no retreat um, with you and i I really don't know where to start to be honest with you where does yeah. the sto- where does the story start? Should we go back to like 1994 um I would say
1: it probably starts in more i'd say 97 at least, at least yeah ninety seven is when it when it all started
0: okay what am I thinking of?
1: I think before no retreat had had done some stuff they had the um split with uh passover mm-hmm. i believe and that might have been like ninety five or maybe mm-hmm. 96 um I know at the time um I had actually we we had all gone to Slippery Rock University um well, B-Lo did JC did and I did and their first singer Cliff um he went to Slippery Rock as well and he was a senior and he was graduating okay um, and when he graduated he left the band okay yeah so then that's kind of where where I where I got in you know I at the time um you know, I was really big into skateboarding for like a really long time, like close to a decade. Like, I mean, I, I was just that's what I did, like every day skateboarding. And, um, you and know, were I was you
0: sponsored like, because I feel like I knew that.
1: Yeah, I I had um, rode for a, a shop that was out here that sold skateboards called um, Rap Skateboard Shop. And mm-hmm. it was just a, like a flow of sponsorship, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, we we got like boards and stuff from them. That's but, um Yeah, like, I mean, I was really into it. Like I went to Boston for a while to skate and, you know, I made, you know, a lot of friends, like where we're at, there's this place called Butler and there's some really good skate spots. And I just kind of spent like every day, you know, skateboarding and, you know, at the time, you know, skateboarding wasn't the way it is now, Um, you know, like, like pro skaters were like 18, 19 years old. Now they're like 30, 35, you know, yeah. and I was I was like 21. And, you know, I kind of felt like I was getting too old for skateboarding, which sounds ridiculous. But you have to think this was like 25 years ago, you know. Well, it wasn't- yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a mainstream sport. And I would go to the spots and like kids were just young and I was older. So I was kind of getting out of it. And, you know, at the time I had gone to some hardcore shows in Butler. They used to have shows at the Days Inn. And I would go see the hardcore shows because that's what we would do after skateboarding. And, um, you know, so I, you know, I was listening to hardcore. I mean, not a lot, but I mean, I was still listening to hardcore and, you know, I heard No Retreat Um had, had needed a new singer because their singer left. And, um, you know, at the time I had done some stuff screwing around, like my sister would like play drums in her apartment. And I used to just grab the microphone and shout. I didn't really even know what I was doing, but I was just doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, to me, I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds pretty good. So when no retreat needed a singer, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try out you know, so I called Bilo, I I didn't even know him, I got his number from like the student directory, and I called him at his home, um, you know, which was out near uh, wilkes and I was just like, hey, my name's Frank, I heard you needed a singer, and he was like, oh, cool, you know, can you sing, and I was like, yeah, I think so, and he's like, okay, well, when, break- this was over break, he's like, well, when break's over, we're gonna have a practice, why don't you come by and try out, you know, so that's kind of, that's kind of how it started, you know, The break ended. I went to their house, you know, they were all there. They were down in like this dingy basement, you know, and, um, they just kind of handed me the microphone and they said, we're going to start playing, you know, when you want to come in, just come in. So they started playing and I just, you know, I did my thing. And when I was done, you know, nobody really said anything. We just kind of kept playing for like the next two hours. And then we were done. They were just like, yeah, you're
0: in. That's pretty legit. Now, uh, some of what were, uh, some of your like first hardcore influences, maybe even before you were in the band. Um, I listened to, I mean, honestly, as far as like true hardcore goes,
1: there weren't really like hardcore influences. Like I listened to things like, um, you know, like Downset and like other bands like that, that kind of had like the heavier singing, but like nothing that really, you know, kind of. I really knew what I was even getting into there was a you know I listened to like there was this band called Blindside from Butler you know I listened to them and just other little like skate rock bands and stuff and mm-hmm. after I went and did that with No Retreat I went back to Bela's apartment and he gave me like a whole library of like hardcore stuff to listen to you oh, know that's he, cool. Yeah, he gave me like crutch, mush mouth, um, you know, like vision of disorder, bulldoze. And I just went home and I put it on and I was like, oh, my God, you know, because hardcore back at that point wasn't mainstream. You right. know, there was no social media. There was no YouTube. There was no Internet.
0: You bought it from yeah. the band.
1: Yeah and, yeah. and, you know, being in Slippery Rock, there wasn't like a big there wasn't a hardcore scene. So there was really no way to get exposed to hardcore. So, you know, getting all those tapes from him and CDs, I went home and listened to him. And I remember I. I. Was listening to the crutch demo and like i literally felt like they were singing to me i was like this yeah. is," you know like i was like this is this is awesome you know so i just basically became you know a, a fan that day of those bands you know of of crutch and of mush mouth and you know uh, bulldoze and and hate
0: breed vision of disorder you know a bunch of things like that that's awesome so uh yeah so you were in the band you started with the band Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm assuming then you practiced with them and they liked you, so you joined. And uh, how long was it then until you were in playing shows with them?
1: I want to say it was probably like, let's say like maybe towards the end of 97. And we we practiced for probably like, I want to say like a month. And then we had a show. Um, It was actually in Slippery Rock at the VFW. And, you know, like, and it was, it was cool because like all our friends from college came. So there was like a whole bunch of people I knew. Um, I wouldn't say it was like, like a hardcore show, but I mean, it was a show and you know, there was a bunch of kids there and you know, we, we, we played and kids danced and it was my first time, you know, ever being in front of people. And
0: you know, it went, it went really good. When, uh when the kids started dancing to your band, did you expect it? Like, what did you expect the the first time you were out there in front with no retreat?
1: Well, the the first show we played, the kids danced, but they danced like, um, like I I would say at the time, like mainstream mosh, like running Mm -hmm. into each other and pushing Mm -hmm. each other, um, you know, so... I, I, I mean, it was a mosh pit. It was a normal, just what you would call like a mosh pit. Um, it wasn't until we played our first show in Pittsburgh um, with mush mouth and kids were actually like dancing, dancing. Yeah. And I was blown away. I was like, this is awesome. You know, kids were like spin kicking everywhere and like windmilling and like yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And that was the first time I saw like hardcore dancing.
0: Yeah. That's know? dope. Yeah. And I was uh- just Holy shit! Like this is sick. What was your uh like as as somebody that like was kind of an outsider coming into this like all you know this scene, um, and you saw something like that, you know, uh, how was was that it for you? You were just like I'm in. Uh, I'm oh yeah, sorry. I was.
1: Yeah, I w- I was totally in. Like I mean, just. You know, I mean, when someone's really like feeling the music and they're like dancing and they're just like, you know, they have that look on their face, like, you know, they're possessed and, you know, they're kicking and punching everywhere, just like the raw emotion of it, you know, I had such a connection to that, like I wanted to I wanted to make people feel that way. Like I wanted when the breakdown starts, you know, and I start singing, you know, kids get this mean look on their face and start swinging, you know, and, you know, I, I just, I thought it was great. I thought the energy was great. I thought it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. There was such a a personal connection between, you know, the band and the kids in the crowd, you know, and in the pit, you know, it was just Mm -hmm. like, you were all playing the show together. You know, like, I mean, when kids dance at a show, I mean, I feel like the show is about the band, but it's about, you know, the the, the kids that are there as well, because yeah. if nobody dances and everybody stands there, it's really not that great of a show, but if everybody's going nuts, all of a sudden it's a great show. It's like,
0: it's like spaghetti with no sauce. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So (laughs) you need, you know, like, like I need them just as much as, you know, they need me. So, I mean, I always just kind of looked at it. as like, you know, this agreement, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to fuck shit up right now. Like everybody go nuts. You know, I'm going to give it my all you give it your all and let's
0: have a good time that fucking rules yeah so it's like 1997 1998 yep. uh i assume that this is the time era where you guys are like writing um rise of the underdog right uh well
1: first we started writing the demo okay we have i don't know if you've seen it it's that demo it's yellow and it says no retreat and like old yeah, English.
0: yeah I, I have seen how many songs were on that
1: uh six okay six songs
0: yeah so we were actually
1: starting to write um no retreat already had a couple songs that were on that split with passover mm-hmm. Um, but they were just trying to go in a whole different direction with the way no retreat sounded towards the way they wanted it to sound so we started
0: writing new music you know right away sure lots of breakdowns and stuff yeah yeah lots yeah. of breakdowns yeah that's good that's we like breakdowns
1: yeah yeah you and know- you gotta think at the time the, the band changed a lot because the only person that was in the band was like below, you, you know, like, I mean, Tommy, you know, wasn't on that split. You know, I wasn't on that split. I'm not even sure if JC was on that split, but it was like, it was a, a whole different lineup, you know, I yeah. mean, I think JC might've been on it, but there was a girl named Allie that played. There was another guy that played, there was Cliff, you know, so it was a whole new band. So. Okay. Know.
0: Okay. Yeah. um, So. Did you guys record the demo yourself? Uh, No, we went to a place called Gamut
1: Studios. Uh, I don't even remember where it was at, but it was it was a really nice place. Like we saved up our money, you know, we all chipped in, Um, you know, we went to the studio. It was like a really nice studio, recorded the music. And then like me and JC went and printed off the yellow color paper and like typed the stuff on it. Mm -hmm. cut it out ourselves. And we sat on the floor in his apartment and like folded every single tape, you know, all the, yeah. And and stuffed all the tapes ourselves. So, I mean, it was a hundred percent
0: DIY. Just out of curiosity, do you remember, um, when you guys were recording that first demo, uh, the person that you recorded it with in the studio, do you remember like what their reaction was to the kind of music that you guys were playing at the time? um
1: yeah you know what I remember you know he was I don't know if he was being polite or if it's you know but he was like bobbing his head and stuff but he mm-hmm. he was an, an older gentleman you know he kind of looked like he might be like more into rock and roll you know I mean mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was like oh my god you know I mean he was you know I think he respected what we were doing but um, well
0: the re and the reason that I ask that is because like we're talking about 1998 here yeah you know, beat down beat down hardcore is not commonplace it's not you know what i mean like if you're going into recording a studio nine times out of ten i would say almost ten times out of ten you're not going to record a beatdown tape in 1998 what you guys were doing you were really really early to the game and i think that um a lot of young people uh just don't get the fact that like bands like you know dysphoria crutch no retreat bulldoze vod You know, whatever. We're doing something very, very unique, um, especially for the time in that era. So uh, you record the demo and obviously you're playing shows. Is this like about the time where you guys start to take it west and head more to like Wilkes-Barre and on, you know, towards Philadelphia area?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Bilo is from out in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, he's from, um, I want to say it's called Music PA. He's from out there and he, you know, he grew up with all those guys, um, all the guys in crutch and like, they're like his childhood friends, you know? So, I mean, of course, as, as soon as we were able to play out live, the goal was to get out you know, to like out near Redding, Philadelphia, Wilkesbury, you know, cause that's where he was from. And I mean, there was such an amazing scene out there. Yeah. Um, you know, it was insane. So, I mean, going out there, you know, was pretty much the goal because there wasn't much of a scene. I mean, there was a scene, but I mean, as you know, the scene out near, you know, like Philly and stuff is insane. Oh, it's fucking wild. Yeah. And it was even fucking
0: wild back then. So, I mean, that was, you know, that's where we wanted to be. What uh, What bands were you guys playing with at the time, like in Pittsburgh area? um at the time we were playing with um oh man to tell you the truth i a lot of the times
1: we would play with bands that would come through like we would open up for a lot of bands but as far as there being bands in pittsburgh that we played with i mean you had built upon frustration Mm -hmm. they were a little bit before us um you had um endless um there was gut wrench um you know and and that was kind of the extent of the
0: the yeah. pittsburgh hardcore scene you know gut I mean? wrench is a great band too and yeah exactly
1: yeah so like we, yeah we'd play with gut ranch they were kind of like the ogs you know they'd been doing it for so long you know that you know we would play with them um
0: but well, people underestimate how old gut wrench is oh yeah i know they've been around forever they've been around know? forever yeah um, okay so uh what were some of the bands you opened up for in pittsburgh um uh, we
1: uh Blood for Blood. I remember that was that was a really good show. Um, Hate Breed, whenever Hate Breed would come through, we opened up for them. Um, Mad Ball, uh, E-Town Concrete, um, you know, like any any of those big bands that would come through. But those are the ones that really stick out. We had like really good shows
0: with them. Yeah, man, that's a great time to be playing with those bands, too.
1: Yeah. And it seemed like every time hate breed came through, we always played with hate breed. So, that, cool. I mean, you can't go wrong doing that.
0: You know? No, no, it, definitely not. And this is uh satisfaction is the death of desire era. Hate breed too.
1: Yeah. It's right. It's right between under the knife mm-hmm. and and then releasing satisfaction. Yeah. It was, it was like right between that, like in the beginning, That's like for the crazy. first couple of years, they weren't like big yet, but then yeah. satisfaction came out and then they were huge. But, um, you know, we would still play with them. You know, I mean, Jamie was always, you know, super nice and would, you know, sit and talk and like, you know, would yeah. hang out. And it was nice getting a chance to hang out with those guys. They're a
0: hardworking band. Oh, um, would yeah. you believe at this time I'm around eight years old for where oh, we wow. are? The, in the <laughs> so I was born in 1990. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm about eight years old at this timeline. So, oh, boy. Um, yeah. So right around this time, then, you know, you guys are working on Rise of the Underdog then. Yep. Uh, what things change after you put out Rise of the Underdog? Um,
1: as far as like how, like how big we got or- Yeah, or yeah. Got, yep. stage, um, you, know, you know, shows, stage presentation, everything. Yeah, like it, that. it got to be a lot, I mean, it was a lot different because between the demo, if you listen to the demo and then you listen to Rise of the Underdog, I mean, even though some of the songs are the same, they sound totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I- When I did the demo, I did more like tough guy vocals, almost Mm -hmm. like a Kev one from bulldoze, you know, and Mm -hmm. then I started singing like deeper, you know, and that's how I sang on the entire rise of the underdog album. And, you know, especially the way like, um, you know, diggums and Tommy played, you know, they tuned down and they started playing like heavier. So the whole sound of the band just Mm -hmm. got, you know, a lot heavier and, um, you know, it was it was more of like a confidence when we were going out and playing because then you know we had a we had a CD out. People knew our music. You know, people knew the words to the songs. You know, and you know where before with a demo, not many people you know even know who you are or what your songs are even about. If you didn't get one of those one hundred demos, you know you're out of luck. You know, right. Then when you have a CD out and you could get it in stores and stuff, you know, we started seeing more people coming to the shows, more people getting involved, singing along,
0: you know. And this is also in the time, too, where you're, like, more established in the Pennsylvania hardcore scene where you've already met Crotch, played shows with Crotch, you've already been out with uh, dysphoria and shit like that. Did you guys tour at all during that time period?
1: Um, yeah, we did, I would say in 90, yeah, in 99, we toured with uh, Mushmouth in Canada. Um, yeah, we did. In, in, Jim, it's really hard to Mush recall. Mouth, a lot of that no because, you know During this whole thing, like we drank.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: like we we drank a lot. You know, I mean, so it's like, it's, it's hard to recall a lot of the things that happened because a lot of blur, but yeah, we did. We went uh, to Canada. I mean, I think
0: drunk, hardcore kids crossing the border. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like we (laughs) we crossed the border into Canada and we had like a party ball in the back of our van, you know, and we were all drinking and I don't know why it was so easy to get into Canada, but no one stopped us, but it was the nineties, man. Yeah. Yeah. We just, (laughs) we just rolled in. We drank the whole time. We played shows every night.
0: Um, and that was like, um, you know, that was the first tour we did with uh, Mushmouth. That's dope. That's so cool, man. I mean, and that would have been that really would have been the time. Uh Just I can't even imagine. I mean, you're talking about legendary bands. Yeah, but the um, funny thing is, at the time, you don't know you're legendary. I know. Well, that 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 was it's funny you say that because that was actually my next question. Um, did any of you, I mean, I guess you could really only speak for yourself, but did, yeah. did you have any concept of kind of like what you were doing or that you were breaking new ground or that, you know, you were influencing people or doing something just completely unique? I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you have any idea of what you were into, what you were doing? Ah, uh, you
1: know, abs, probably absolutely not. No. I mean, at the time. You know, when when you're playing with so many good bands, you know, I mean, like take, for example, being on tour with Mushmouth, I mean, Mm -hmm. Mushmouth is absolutely amazing i mean i know you know i mean in yeah. live they're absolutely ridiculous so mm-hmm. you're playing with all these great bands and at least you know I, I can't speak for the rest of the guys but for me i was just in awe of them you know i was just like i wanted to be able to at least you know pull our own you know hold our own weight you know and keep up with them mm-hmm. um, i mean i knew it. i mean i felt at the time i was like this is really heavy like you know this is good i was like proud of it but it, by no stretch of the imagination did mm-hmm. i ever think like you know we're we're impacting hardcore we're changing things you know right. i was just like we're a bunch of knuckleheads we're drinking we're playing brutal music and you know we're having a good time and right. i didn't really even think of it much past that you know
0: good good yeah. because I, yeah i mean you know it, it was all organic and it was real and and i think um well i mean i i think even if you you listen to pittsburgh hardcore now um you still hear that you know early rise of the underdog sound um it, it it's so prevalent i mean you and and you have so many bands that show respect um and that like i mean i i knew who no retreat was um but it's for bands like enemy mind and bands like face wreck and you know bands like that 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 show respect and that you know, appreciate what you guys did that you, you take a step back and you're like, wow, man, like these guys had an impact. They were, they were influential. And then you listen to the music from that scene and and you can hear it coming from those old records and everything. Um, The uh, rise of the underdog there, there were no features on that album, right? That was um, all- no, I think on,
1: um, and like I said, I haven't listened to it in a long time. I think um, uh, Hensel from Mushmouth, is on the song fate is he okay
0: yeah i'm yeah i'm almost positive he is yeah and uh so then that i'm just gonna jump ahead to pray for peace then okay because pray for peace is another powerhouse um you know were you uh at the time were you guys playing more shows were you playing less shows were you traveling more um it seemed like from my view because now pray for peace came out in 2003 yeah i think okay so i'm 13. um from my view you guys are like a a huge band um what kind of i'm serious i mean like i'm i'm it's 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 such
1: a it's such a a trip here in that you know like you know what i
0: mean though like like because like you know we have we have bands coming through Altoona and shit like that and like there's you know the bands that we have and then there's like Crutch and No Retreat and you know the real deal hardcore goons yeah. that you know you're gonna be afraid of when they show up at the venue <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. um watch out for these kids moshing for this band yeah. um but uh so so you put out Pray for Peace. Um, What kind of shows are you playing there? Are you, are you doing pretty much the same? I mean, you know what? It was pretty much, I mean, it was pretty much the
1: same thing. I mean, it, it was such, we had toured on Rise of the Underdog for so long. Yeah. Um, You know, it was, I mean, there was like a, a four year span but we were starting to write for Pray for Peace, like, you know, after a couple of years, you know, we had some songs, we played some of those songs live. Um, but, you know, we've been writing for that, you know, writing that album for a while. And, you know, when that album came out, that was almost even around the time that we called it quits. So we never really, right, I it. did.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah it so, was
1: shortly thereafter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, shortly thereafter. So, I mean, like that album came out and I think we it might've even come out after we broke up. Um, I'm not totally sure, or it came out like right at the time that we did, you know, but I mean, at the time we had been doing it for like six years, you know, and, you know, it was it was maybe time to maybe take it to the next level, mm-hmm. you know, and go tour, you know, our label wanted to send us to Europe, but we weren't sure if we wanted to do that. Well, but then- this was decor. Yeah, this, yeah, this was decor. And, you know, we were at the point where, you know, it, it was- we weren't sure, or at least for me, I wasn't really sure, you know, what to do. I didn't know, you know, if I should get a job and start like, you know, you know, doing life or if I should continue to do hardcore, you know, and I know like, you know, Bilo and JC, they had teaching degrees, you know, they wanted to become teachers, um, you know, and, you know, You know, Diggums had a degree, he was like a chemist at Pitt, you know, and we kind of had like our lives going on too. And it was like, okay, are we going to take it to the next level and go to Europe and, you know, tour and support this album? Or are we just going to kind of call it quits? And, you know, I think we just kind of all agreed like, you know, that's enough. Yeah. You know, at, at the time, you don't know, you know, like if I would have known then what I know now, you know, like, oh, people are going to like kind of hold us in this high regard, you know, but you, you don't know when you're in the moment doing it. You think you're just, you know, you're going to shows, you know, kids are going nuts. Kids are singing the words, you know, you're drinking, you're having a good time. Right. And that, right. That's, that's kind of what you're doing every weekend. But after doing that every weekend for five or six years, then you kind of start to think like, OK, you know.
0: What am I doing here? You know, yeah. What am know, I doing? I yeah. Exactly. I understand. I understand. And you know, like, and and not to like punish you or anything like that, but like, I do feel like if No Retreat stayed together, um, you guys would be right up there. I mean, y- you would be a big headliner act. Um, thank you. You know, I I do. I and and I I think it's not only because, um, it was a formative band for. PA hardcore which I think is a genre in and of itself um but also just because you guys were such early adopters of of a certain style and you were extremely aggressive with it um I don't know I mean I I've I always thought and and I think the same thing about bands like Mosh Mouth and Dysphoria and Crutch and you know like unfortunately like Crutch couldn't get back together or yeah. you know but um actually so so speaking of crutch uh in between those two albums you did a split uh with crutch yeah uh, oh that, and also that, too,
1: if i could backtrack yeah, yeah. Real quick, yeah, just because you had ask before carl carl from crutch did guest vocals on the rise of the underdog album as well on the I, song I, yeah. I knew that i and can't I, believe i overlooked yeah. that that was such a proud moment of my life you know <laughs> I idolized that dude and then i
0: i forgot but Somebody yeah. was just screaming at their at their radio or their yeah <laughs> know, like, talking about you idiot yeah, yeah yeah um so you did a you did a split with Crutch yeah um so how did that come to be
1: I I just think it was inevitable I mean you know yeah. we we knew those guys so well I mean Belo had grown up with those guys and you know we we're playing shows with them and mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of Crutch you know and yeah you know, it just came about like, Hey, listen, we're playing these shows together. We all, we all know each other, you know, we have the BFL thing and let's put out like a BFL, like split with, you know, it was, it just made sense, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. So, uh, you did the split split was great. Then you do the uh, next album, pray for peace, which, um, which has, uh, some, some big features on that one too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Jotham from uh, Wisdom and Chains. Yes, um, yeah, and um, Eddie from uh, Feeble. Yeah, so, yeah, they're on the uh, they're on the Pray for Peace album. Um, I think we have uh, Eric Corbin in there somewhere on one of the songs. That's but, great. Yeah, I mean that was I mean that song. I mean you know with with you know Jotham and Eddie. You know it's just it, for for me it was such a great song. I mean like Jotham's delivery and his lyrics on that. You know, it was oh, just amazing. God. So.
0: It's such a great song, and I feel like um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know uh, if it gets talked about as much, but you know that that album and that feature uh, absolutely legendary.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I really I really that's why I wish we would have had more of a you know had a chance to play that album more because like you know when I when I when I've ever listened to them, you know, like the Pray for Peace, I think there's so many different levels to to the songs, you know, there's so many mm-hmm. different things. I mean, you know, for me vocally, there's so much different, so many different uh tones and styles. And I just, you know, that's I'm most proud of Pray for Peace. Like I Yeah, I love that. Pray for Peace,
0: Blood Brothers, Talk is Cheap, One More yeah. War. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a solid album, um, yeah. you know, I mean, OK, so if you had a no retreat show tomorrow, what would the song lineup be? Oh, geez.
1: I mean, I you know, for me, I would probably just like do what we always did. I mean, probably start out with Face Rec. Mm-hmm. You'd have to put in like Underdog was always a real big song for us. There's a lot of chances to pile on. Yeah. Um, you know it, the hardest thing for me would I wouldn't know whether to play the intro from Rise of the Underdog or the intro from Pray to Peace you know I mm-hmm. love both of those intros but um yeah probably probably a mix of both okay yeah
0: i always thought it was funny that terror has an album called one with the underdogs yes and they <laughs> yeah. also have a song on there called overcome yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i know
1: that's funny yeah that's um, i even when i first started You know, when I was, you know, kind of started looking at hardcore bands and I saw Face Rack, I was just like, oh man, I had a song I called Face Rack, you know, like that's, I wonder if they're named after that song, you know. Oh, you
0: didn't, you didn't know?
1: No, I I didn't know when Andy, when I started talking to Andy again, you know, and he put me on to some of the bands that are around now you know I, I saw that band face wreck and I was just like oh dude like I remember we wrote that song and I was like oh man I want to call it face wreck because I was trying to think of something heavy you know yeah and then I saw there was a band and then of course I found out AJ was in the band and then I was like okay they probably named it after that song but yeah yeah that was, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, that was a cool surprise
0: that's awesome so so what have you been doing uh basically since 2004 because we're talking uh, we're talking like 18 years yeah,
1: I well the big thing the the thing that changed for me and the thing that was like my exit from the scene and stuff was um you know I I have triplets so I have three kids oh, shit yeah. They, you know, the, the girl I was with at the time, you know, she, she got pregnant and, you know, I think I was around 29 at the time and I was living in this place in Pittsburgh that wasn't the best neighborhood, but it really didn't matter because I was just kind of going to my job and, you know, playing shows on weekends and drinking and just being crazy. And then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, okay. You know, I, you it's uh, the know, death one thing, for
0: hardcore bands.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, especially, <laughs> I mean, even if it's one kid, you could maybe, you know, make it work. Yeah but it was three, Uh you know, and it was like natural. Like everyone uh, always thinks there was like in vitro or something. It was none of that. It was all natural. And then, you know, when you find out, Hey, in like six or seven months, there's going to be three babies that are depending on you. You know, I kind of stopped everything. I stopped going out. I was like, okay. You know, luckily I had a degree at the time I'd finished college. So I was like, okay, now's the time to get a career and, you know, raise these kids. And that's kind of the way, you know, my life that's what you know you and yeah there I mean the kids are 16 now so you know I mean but for the past 16 years you know it was just me and um I'm not with her anymore she's my ex but I mean I still have custody of kids but I mean for 16 years it was you know feeding kids bottles changing diapers swaddling kids you know I mean you know it was it was just you know I did the parental thing I mean it, it I had to
0: you know I that's had to grow up what? quick I had
1: I had I have to stop one.
0: I couldn't yeah. imagine having three at the same, yeah. at the same time. Like yeah, having
1: like having like three one year olds, you know, it's not like, hey, let's go to a hardcore show this weekend. It's like, no, no I gotta <laughs> fucking take care of kids, you know. So yeah,
0: I'm gonna try yeah. and find 15 minutes to sleep. Exactly. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> there there was no time for really anything. So all I really did was um work and take care of kids. What do you, you do know? professionally? Well, i've been a distribution supervisor it's it's almost it's kind of boring but it's almost in the warehousing genre um for american eagle outfitters and they had a corporate headquarters here in in cranberry yeah um, yeah. Which, yeah so i've uh, been there forever and um just kind of oversee the day-to-day operations it's more of a it's it's boring it's it's just a job yeah.
0: you know oh yeah but i mean i know
1: <laughs> there's health you know health insurance for the kids and pays the bills and it's a salary and it's a career so i mean it's, it's kind of weird wearing like a shirt and tie to work and stuff every day. And nobody has any idea that, you know, then a you, hardcore you thing, this under- other,
0: yeah, you have this whole yeah, other, nobody,
1: yeah. I didn't, I'm always so afraid someone's going to like Google something or hear something or see something. And then everybody that works for me, is going to be like, what's this, you know,
0: you ever think of that when you're like, well, I mean, you, you just performed last week. Yeah. Which, which we haven't, we, you and I talked about that before uh, we got started, but we might as well bring it up now. Um, So you did a surprise pop in with face rack. Yeah. Um, The other night they were playing with code orange and uh, that was at preserving hardcore preserving underground in Pittsburgh. Um, How did that come to be? What happened there? Uh, Basically, I mean, just
1: getting, you know, being on Instagram and having people, you know, find me and hit me up on Instagram, you know, I mean, yeah. it started, you know, with Andy, you know, from Watcher, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's been awesome kind of like showing me like if anybody plays one of our songs at a show or if anybody posts anything about No Retreat, he always like DMs with me and sends it to me, you know. Dude, uh,
0: I I admire him so much because he makes shit happen. Oh, like, yeah. one, You know yeah, what I one- mean?
1: 100 yeah the whole reason that i was on that i even did that show with face rec or i like i just recently did guest vocals on a gridiron song that's going to be coming out on the one scene unity comp. oh yeah yeah so i was just in the studio like two weeks ago recording that which was my mm-hmm. return after like 20 years but all of that happened because of andy like andy did you hear on- that new album by the way yes yep yep Woo! <laughs> yeah, it's insane. yeah. because I, I talked to Matt from gridiron a lot. Like we talk like every day, you know, and, yeah. and like, you know, that album is insane. And, you know, they, and I found out about him because Andy was like, Hey, there's this band. They're using the no retreat intro and even the no retreat font for their name. And they said they've been influenced by no retreat. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, let me, let me check these guys out. And then I did. And I absolutely blew me away. I was like, yeah, they, they, yeah amazing. they're amazing. Yeah, I was like so like I was so proud. I was like, oh man, a band that good thinks my band was good, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, I was absolutely. so impressed with them. But um yeah, like Andy, you know, has kind of like reintroduced me to hardcore and like I'm in a spot now to where, you know, my kids are grown and now I have more time to do stuff like that. That's and dope. um yeah. So Andy was like, Hey, face rec is playing a show. Like I said, they're they're, they're playing a show tomorrow. And would, you know, would you come down and do guest vocals on a face rec song? You know, and I I had just been in the studio doing the gridiron thing. So my, you know, I'd been practicing my vocals a little bit because after 20 years, you try to scream and it's not there. You know, right. I had to I had to like, you know, practice a little bit. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So, you know, me and my wife went down and, you know, they did the song. I jumped on stage and, you know, and that was that. And it was nice too because um Jason Hominsky from Watcher and from yeah. Build Upon Frustration, another Pittsburgh legend, you know, I mean, he was
0: there. And, yeah, he's you know, one of my one of my favorite vocalists.
1: Yeah, you know, and you know, got to see him and just anything. the love, like like I saw him and he gave me a big hug, you know, and you know we just were reminiscing and it was just awesome to see yeah, him I've there. Seen him for, in a long time. No, that was the first time I'd seen him in 20 years. Wow. You know? Yeah. So you know, and getting to do that with him there and and all that, it, it was great. But yeah, it just that's, came. That's out what off.
0: hardcore is about, man.
1: Oh yeah. It was like, you know, you know no but- egos, no nothing. It was just like, Oh my God, dude, I love you. You know? And it's like, it was just really nice and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, just got up and did it. And
0: the big room to do it too.
1: Yeah. AJ's place is awesome. That place is so nice. And, you know, being backed by face rec. I mean, they're an awesome band. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, another, uh, a little bit about AJ, um, just, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got so many good things to say about AJ and everything that he's done. Um, the record shop, the venue, anybody that's listening, you got to go to this shop. You got to go to a show at this place. It's insane. Um, yeah. AJ. And, uh, AJ was doing this stuff. AJ was coming to shows
1: back when No Retreat was playing shows. You yeah, know, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it was just insane. You know, I mean, he was he was like a pivotal part of pivotal part of like Pittsburgh hardcore back then. Yeah, And then to think that he hasn't stopped this entire time.
0: I mean, and, that's, you know,
1: yeah, he cares about, he loves it. You know, it's beautiful, man. I mean, it's just really, I mean, and with, with the shop he has and with, you know, with the venue he has, I mean, it's it's just really amazing what he's doing for, you know, for Pittsburgh hardcore, let alone, you know, PA hardcore. I mean, it's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I will uh, take my son out to the shop occasionally. We're in Altoona. So we're like an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. um my son's nine. And of course all the COVID crap happened and everything. So I think the last time that we were out there, he was eight, but every time that we go out there, um, AJ will pick out a CD and give it to him and stuff like that. And it just like, he's just, it's just so nice to have people that, you know, care enough to show somebody from the, the younger generation coming up, like, Hey, this is your world too. You're welcome here. And this is, you know, and like my, my son will be listening to like until the end. Yeah, like you're nine. That guy swears yeah. too much for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and that's see That's a CD that AJ gave him, and he'll never forget that. He'll he'll never. He even he'll still ask me, "Can we go out to preserving?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Like I'll take you to more shows." But I wish I could have gone to that um Code Orange show because Code Orange is absolutely blowing the walls off of fucking the world right now.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, the it's crazy. Doing I can't believe how they are. Yeah, and they're you so know, good too. You know, I mean, it's 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 awesome
0: they're very good. You stuck around and watched their set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have not seen what I call the new code orange, which is like, you know, code orange with Jamie up front and all of the new songs and everything like that. I, I just, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't gotten the opportunity to, and I was kicking myself for not going uh the other week. Um, the weather was terrible. It was just not a good idea to drive out that night. I actually had a friend that was in a, a car accident trying to get out there. Oh, um, yeah, I know. And it's like wow. the things you do for hardcore, but, yeah. Um, but, and, and they're, they're fine. Um, the, you know, the car isn't, but they are. So that's yeah. all that matters. That's what matters. Um, but, you know, I was watching videos from that show and I was just like, damn, like this, what a banger. Um, yeah you know does does any of that stuff make you want to get any of the, you know this band back together or do anything new or do you have something on the horizon what what oh. are your what are your plans dude yeah 100 i mean it, it's like i said i'm in a position now
1: where i can and luckily i mean i'm not like ridiculously old yet you know but i mean it seems like being old and hardcore is kind of cool as well so you know but yeah. um yeah like uh I did. I did those uh, guest vocals on that Gridiron song. I've been talking to Andy. He's going to get me and Jason together on a Watcher song. Yeah, you know. I mean, doing a couple of guest vocal appearances, and then I would ultimately like to start another band. You know. I mean, I would. You know, if there's anybody that is in the you know Pennsylvania area that plays guitar and, and drums, or if there's a band that needs a singer, or if anyone wants to write some brutal shit, I'm down to. Um, I'm down to start another band. I'll do a song with you, dude. I fucking <laughs>
0: I I make shit, yeah, yeah. Dude. Like I I make shit all the time. If you want to hop on a track, fucking hell yeah, oh yeah, I'm uh,
1: yeah I'm ready to go. Yeah, like I said, I've been practicing. I you know I'm I'm, I'm ready to go. So I
0: mean I'm I'm you know I want to I want to start a new band. I want to make some new music. Hell yeah, dude. That's so cool. I'm 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 happy for you, man. I'm I'm so happy that you know you got to do all this cool stuff in the past, and then you had to take this like hiatus from yeah. your old life. And yeah. it's just I mean, that that is the beauty of hardcore, man, is that, you know, you you have something else going on in your life and you take a step away and you take care of your shit, you handle your business and you yeah. come back and hardcore is still here waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It it was, it's nice. I mean, almost like even talking with Jason, Jason, um, from build upon, he did the exact same thing, you know, Mm -hmm. he was in hardcore and then he has kids now that are in their twenties and they're grown up and they're successful. And so he made his return to hardcore with watcher and he's doing that now, you know? So yeah, I kind of want to follow suit and, you know, everyone's been real supportive and, you know, kind of encouraging me, you know, um, you know, Greenfield, Mike from enemy mind and one-on-one, you know, talk to him, you know, and And just everybody's just kind of been real encouraging. So that's dope.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was actually uh, I was supposed to jam with Watcher um, and I was this close to doing a run of shows with them. I was going to play bass and I just I had some personal shit that I just had to take care of and I couldn't commit to it. And I in hindsight, I could have, but I wasn't sure at the time (laughs) and I just I I beat myself up relentlessly because I fucking love that band and I just wanted to jam with them so bad and it just wasn't in the stars at the time um so uh so now that you're back into it and everything like that let's get back to you um (laughs) (laughs) uh what what are you listening to what bands are you repping what what uh what are you into right now yeah, well, like definitely, like that Gridiron album
1: since it came out. I mean, it only came out on Friday, yeah. but I mean, like myself and my wife, like we both listen to it. We we love it. Um, and like of course the Watcher stuff, we listen to that. Um, I've been listening to, and I just found them. And I know I'm late to the party, but I've been listening to a lot of Knock Loose. Um, oh you yeah, know, yeah. We, you know, I I I heard a song. I played it for my wife. She's like obsessed with it. And then I, you know, I started listening to it and I just, I, I just love it. So I've been, you know, listening to um a lot of knock loose. And it's also fun too to just go back and listen to all the old stuff, you know. So I've just been going back and just listening to, you know, any old hardcore that I can, you know, get my hands on and yeah. you know. And That's I also cool. I've been watching a lot of um the website um hate six that has the website. Oh, hate five called- six. Yeah, hate yeah, hate five six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've just like I'll click on their channel and there's just all kinds of bands I've never heard of, and Mm -hmm. I'll just start watching the shows. Like I like Jesus Piece, you know, never heard of Jesus. Didn't know. I was like, Oh, this looks cool. I put it on and I was like, Holy shit, like this is awesome, you know, and like pain of truth and and different things like that. Like I, you know, just been kind of going about relearning everything again and, and hearing what's new and you know what's good.
0: You know, it's almost overwhelming. There's almost so many bands. Yeah. That you don't even know where to start. Yeah. um, Like, I kind of have that with this show where, like, you know, you're my 31st episode. Yeah. <clears throat> episode 30 is going to, um, if anybody that's listening to it right now, it's Monday night. It's Monday night, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. They, with my job, my fucking day yeah. <laughs> sometimes. But um, yeah. uh, tomorrow morning um i'm gonna drop an episode with rob Fusco of uh most precious blood and one king down Saw that. um and then so that'll that'll come out tomorrow and then uh later this week um episode with you is gonna come out and i have probably six or seven other people lined up right now to mm-hmm. interview and like i guess the point i'm trying to make is like, There's so much going on right now. I think that everybody being cooped up for a couple of years, it kind of made everybody angsty and wanted to get out and like do stuff. Yeah. And I've gotten so many messages from different people like, yo, check my band out, do this. I love it. I'm like, send it, send it all. But then, then it all gets to me. And I'm like, man, I got to listen to all this shit. Now I got to check out all this shit. I want to interview all these people. It takes time and it takes energy. And I love it. It's, it, but it's such an exciting time for hardcore, and I'm trying to get like as much of a piece of it as I can. Um, and, uh, for, for someone like you, I think you found the holy grail, which is hate five six. Yeah. Um, you know, like that. He, Sunny, who runs that, um, is probably one of the more dedicated people to hardcore um, mm-hmm. that you'll come across. Um, he, another one is Joe hardcore. He's always posting, yep. uh, stuff that's going on, um, bands that I always, you know, push for, uh, and I say them in almost every episode, but street struck from here in Altoona, yeah, uh, check them out. They, they just actually recorded an EP over at cerebral, um, in Pittsburgh, um, street struck. I will rep them until, you know, forever. I love that band. They're yeah. so good. And they're holding it down for our town. So big ups yeah. to street shot, uh, fire, fire in the blood is another band. You definitely want to check out. Um, they're kind of, you know, uh, Lock Haven, Williamsport out like in the, in this area. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Oh, I, I've been listening to cemented in fear, um, and often wrong. They're Pittsburgh bands. Okay. Um, and no good deed which i are you familiar with no good deeds yep yeah
1: yeah actually all the ones all the bands you've mentioned i've seen their names i might not have heard them but i've seen the name around so yeah i've been trying to check out as much stuff as possible you know there's um like the whole um like youngstown thing of crowd deterrent um eyes of society um Mm -hmm. race riot that like steve assaults do and i've been listening to eyes of society like i love all that stuff like i love crowd deterrent and
0: all that crowd deterrent's is a great
1: band yeah, yeah they're amazing like we used to play with crowd deterrent and like the, it was like the best live show ever
0: you know it's so, fucking crazy how old yeah. that band is
1: yeah and they're they're still fucking awesome like when we when i did the song with face wreck you know i'm getting ready and i look and there's fucking steve assault standing right there oh you know? really And i was like holy shit you know like i haven't <laughs> seen him in 20 years still looks exactly the same i was like fucking awesome so then i started checking out his stuff you know, and he does the eyes of society and, um, you know, he does all the music himself, you know, I mean, he records it at home, does the guitars, the drums, the bass, that's the vocals, crazy. you know, so it's, that's why it hasn't really been that hard for me to start like finding stuff to listen to, because a lot of those old bands, like, I mean, I can go listen to wisdom and chains, you know, yeah. I can, I can listen to mush mouth, you know, I can listen to crowd deterrent, you know, I mean, I could listen to like, you know, diggums band one-on-one, you know, with, with Mike doing vocals, I could listen to them, you know, yeah. and that's like the stuff I'm listening to, because they're like all my friends and they all still make music. So it's like coming back to it. It's like, Oh, you guys are still fucking fire. Like I'm going to listen to all this shit. So, yeah, dude. you know, it's, it's been, re- it's been really cool. And it's, you know, but like I said, finding new bands as well. I mean, and hearing new shits, it's, it's always awesome, especially, you know, Pittsburgh bands, PA bands.
0: Oh yeah. Wisdom really took off and took over. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was like, that probably came about like right at the tail end of the the no retreat years. Yeah, I
1: remember. Yeah, I, I was I was living in Pittsburgh and um, my friend uh, BFL guy, Mike Sander, like he um, he was like, hey, Jotham's starting this new band called Wisdom and Chains. And I was like, oh, cool. I have to check them out. And that was like right at the end, you know, like, yeah. So like I
0: wasn't around for like their rise, you know, their successful rise and stuff. But oh, they just fucking shot straight into the stratosphere. I mean, yeah. that, that I mean, band is just something else. Because
1: they're because they're awesome musicians. Yeah. And like Jotham is such a good vocalist, you know, and such it's- a good. He's such a presence on stage. Like you can't meet a nicer guy. He's so fucking Mm -hmm. nice and just kind and like you know, it just treats you great. And then he gets on stage and he's like a
0: monster, you know. And he he has so much body to his voice. Yes, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's done it for so long. Yeah, he's just just like still has something there. You know what I mean? Like I don't get it. But like with a group of people like that in a
1: band, like Wisdom and Chains, how are you not going to take over? You know? Yeah, exactly. All heavy hitters, you know, all talented musicians. So, you know, exactly. It's be yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, I'll tell you what, uh is there anything else that you wanna that you want to cover? I know that I had I had one more question. Um well, I, I had two more questions really. Um the first one was, are there any uh notable stories or anything that you have to share that you wanted to share? And then the second one might have something to do. Uh, with the first question. And the the second question is, uh, do you remember playing at CCS and what shows uh, did you play at CCS? Um, I, well, notable things. It's funny because
1: I was on, I was on the phone with my buddy, like Mike Sander today. And he, he told me, he's like, Hey, remember that time Cypher came to your house in college? And, um, I don't know if you've heard of the band Cypher.
0: Mm-hmm, I have. Yeah.
1: The, the, we, we had played a show with them in Pittsburgh and then they came and stayed at, um, my house in college. And I live with like eight other guys and it was a like, complete party house and, um, Cypher came over and they started cleaning. Um, like one of them was doing the dishes you know and they were so cool because they're like oh man you're letting us stay here like you know we want to do something for you and that's hardcore
0: you go to a party house and clean
1: (laughs) i would like you know mo's going around the and he's like lighting incense and shit like that around our house i'm like guys this place is a fucking mess like you don't have to do that you know but it'd
0: be nice when we're done with it
1: (laughs) yeah and i just i always thought that was awesome because like once again that's hardcore like i was a huge fan of them you know like i love cypher and then to just play a show with them, and then them come back and like you know, be that like down to earth and stuff was just so awesome. You know, right. I mean it was yeah. So I mean that's but I mean as far as stories go, I mean, you know how it is. Every night kind of ends up being the same. You know, you go play a show, you drink, there's always some shit that happens, you know, it's crazy. And then, you know.
0: What was the biggest show you ever played?
1: Oh man. When we first started, we played a show called um, I think it was called the Super Bowl of hardcore, and it was at CC's. And yeah. it was with like, you know, all like all those big bands, like, you know, Strength for a Reason, you know, was there. And like, you know, all those all those it big was, bands uh, yeah.
0: coming up on on 25 years this year, I think. I think it's 25 years this year because they were 1997 when they started. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Believe that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so playing playing with those guys and it was
1: just a, it was just it was a really huge show. And I mean, for me, that being, you know one of my first big shows out east um you know that will always stick in my head um we also played we played a really good show at, at this one place called the 31st street pub we played with blood for blood and it was at almost like a bar but like way too many people came and everybody just got really rowdy and we're like destroying the bar and everything you know and where was that at it was a 31st street pub yeah but what what uh town Oh, Pittsburgh. It was, oh, in that Pittsburgh. was in
0: Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah.
1: It was yeah, Blood for Blood was on victory. You know, they were coming through. Um, you know, we played with them and that show was insane. Um, we played a show with uh Death Threat in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. That was a good one.
0: Um, but were you know, you I mean they on all... any of those uh Hoods dysphoria shows back in the day.
1: Oh man, honestly,
0: we probably probably. Were. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably were, yeah,
1: probably were. Like, yeah, one guy even told me the other day that we had played back in the day at the Cleveland Metal Fest. And I didn't okay. I don't, I didn't even remember that. I'm like, we did. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Like you know No
0: Retreat, just, One Life Crew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, it was just a lot of that stuff's a blur. I mean, there was a it was a lot of a lot of beer and a lot of
0: um fuckery. You know? Hell yeah. We like beer and fuckery. Um the uh the CC shows are always um they seem to be like the the most legendary shows of yeah you know, Pennsylvania hardcore history, yeah. really, um, yeah. I always hear people bring up CCs. And it makes me so like envious, because that was like, that was right before me. I mean, like I, yeah. I came in like right around 2004. If I had been three years <laughs> yeah. older, I could have hit up yeah. some CCs, you know? Yep. But um, that's really cool. So uh, anything else that uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? No, that's pretty much it. I'm
1: surprised I was able to even talk for an hour. I was oh, like, I he's going to interview me. I was like, I can't remember shit. This is going to be a
0: 10 minute interview and that's going to be that. It's so funny. Anyway. It's funny once you get talking, you know, what, yeah. what kind of comes up, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Frank, let's definitely keep in touch. Yeah, for um, sure. It was such a pleasure to have a conversation with you and stuff. I, I look forward to meeting you in person. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, for me, this is huge. Thank you so much for coming on the show oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, talking no retreat. I, I mean, this is, like I said, I got the CD right here, still in the cellophane. <laughs> like yeah. this is yeah. a, this is a prize. It stays on the shelf. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, 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 you guys are, are, uh, hugely influential, especially, you know, um, in Altoona, we, we're a beat downtown. We like our breakdowns. Yeah. So we like our no retreat. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely appreciate you. Thank you very much.